Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring a word this morning that I pray uh, informs you, stirs you, challenges you, uh, but really reminds you of the reality of who we are and what God that we serve. And uh, I'm going to, you know, we, we, we're sort of in an overarching theme as a global church. You know, we're a part of a global church in 10 locations around the world. I intend on being a part of the one in Nashville one day when I get me off this island. It's kind of like a prison colony again. I can't even get out. No, I'm just joking. Biting my tongue. Wisdom knows when to be quiet. Do you know that? And uh, now we're, we're, we're waiting for our visa process to... Uh, finish up. It's actually not Australia keeping me in, it's America keeping me out. And so maybe they'll never let me in, who knows. Um, but we're excited for that. But we're, we're in an overarching theme that's, that is uh, God's broken heart compelled by love for humanity. And it's, it, I was saying in the early service, and I'll say it again now, this, this theme is amazing, but the truth is it shouldn't be limited to just our march. This really is the theme of the Bible that there is creation, that God created the heavens and the earth, and He created His greatest creation, which is humanity, and because of its turning away from God, because of sin, the world fell into chaos, and God's heart has been breaking from generation to generation to be reconciled to man, where sin separated us from God, and He had a plan and that plan was Jesus. And so we, we, we're in this theme, and so I love this, this theme. And really, like I said, the theme of the Bible is that God loved humanity, and He was compelled by that great love to reach humanity, to reconcile humanity to Himself. And as we lead into Easter, I want to encourage you guys, make sure you invite people along to Easter. You're not coming just for a show. You're not coming just for an entertaining weekend. We're coming to remember and celebrate the reality of Christ and Him crucified. But don't do it alone. We have events because we can remember that without having an event. But we put events on like this to give us an opportunity, to give us a reason beyond just the other reasons to invite people to come experience the reality of Easter, to come and experience the truth of His gospel, to come and experience His heart in Jesus. And so make sure you do that. But as we step into that today, I want to I bring a word that I have entitled today, the object and answer of God's great love. The object and answer of God's great love. And as we remember the wonderful Savior Jesus this weekend. And uh, to do that, I want to read out of the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 8. Romans chapter 5, verses 8. And then I want to sort of get through four thoughts this morning. And number one is going to be God's great love. The second thought is going to be the object of His love. The third one is going to be the answer of His love. And the fourth one today is going to be the limits of His love. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 8. A very popular passage of Scripture if you've been in church for any amount of time. But this is what it says, Romans chapter 5, verses 8. It says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God 
demonstrates his own love for us. I, I love even just the depth of that thought that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I, we're living in a culture, in a world that at some times can be bleak, confusing, radical, crazy. I think I've said over the last couple of times I've been here, we're living in unprecedented times in such form of the pandemic, but we're also living in unprecedented times in the form of culture and, and, and where it's going. I just was sent a photo uh, 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 on the internet of a rapper in America who proudly proclaims that his audience is predominantly children and that's okay while his latest video music video that was put out like I think today is of him engaging in sexual actions with Satan and putting this in his video clip while apparently releasing in about a week a shoe with Nike with human blood in it um, and they'll only be releasing 666 pairs with a scripture Luke 10 18 written on it we live in a culture that, you know, I said before, evil has been around. Evil's not been around. Evil's always been around since the beginning, since the garden. Evil exists, but we're living in a world, in a culture in the West specifically at the moment, where evil is not just present, but it's, 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 it's celebrated. Where evil is not just present, it's widely and broadly accepted. It's legislated. It's put into laws. Evil, what was called evil 30 years ago, is common practice today. And if you still believe it's evil, then you're crazy. We're living in a broken society where the West is turned from God. Let's just be real for a minute. Our cultures, our morals, our value have turned from Judeo-Christian and it's fighting to step into a worldly way of living that takes God out of the picture. God's heart is broken for humanity. And we can keep our heads in the sand and pretend nothing's going on around us and pretend it's 1984 still, but the truth is it's not. It's 2021. People are currently working on giving you know, we can buy tickets to fly into space. Like, this is where, this is the world we're living in. It's the future. And, you know, I, I said earlier, my, my father-in-law, Savannah, my wife's father, he says, he says, fashion, the best fashion is appropriate fashion. You know, if, 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 if you to go to a wedding in board shorts and flip-flops, regardless of the style regardless of the brand regardless of the price tag that's inappropriate fashion that's bad fashion to wear that to a wedding and vice versa if you go to the beach and you get the best Versace suit you can get tailor made to your body so it fits perfectly yet it's 3 p.m in surface paradise in the afternoon in the middle of summer that's bad fashion because it's inappropriate for the setting it's the same. We have to realize where we are. The world is not what it was yesterday. And that doesn't, that's not to like lose hope, to feel dark. That's to realize we have a responsibility to continue to bring the answer for a broken humanity, to continue to believe the truth regardless of culture. Okay, regardless of, of what the world is saying, we have a responsibility. And this, God has an answer for broken humanity. He was compelled by love 
for such a time as this that we would continue to preach this truth that we know transforms lives, transforms hearts, and most importantly, celebrates and, and, and gives people an eternal salvation with God. And so this morning, I want to go through these thoughts and unpack a little bit of what it looks like. And then by the end, I just want some time where we can pray together as a church and just encounter the reality of the love we're going to speak about today. Amen. Number one this morning is this, is it's, I want to speak about God's great love. Now, uh, love is sort of this word that's been so watered down over the generations, over language and culture. Love, you know, we, we can use love for really anything. Like, you know, I love shoes, but that's not the same love that God has for humanity. You know, I, I love American food, so I'm moving my life to go eat it. But that's not the same love that I have for my wife. Love has so many different meanings. And what's happened with the watering down of love is it loses its potency. And just, just for a minute today, I want to sort of try and interject, try and get our minds to realize the ferocity, the depth of God's love. Because it's easy to say God loves you, but if our picture of love is so broad and so varying, and then it sort of loses its impact. Or we can think, you know, God, God loves everybody, but it's not intimate. It seems so, so broad, but yet the truth is God does love everybody, yet He loves you personally and intimately. And I want to go through just some thoughts about love this morning. And within the Bible, there's the word love used multiple times. And three of the more common used words through Scripture come from the Greek language. And I want to read them to you quickly. The first one is... Uh, the love, eros love, which speaks of a romantic or, or sexual love. It's actually where the word erotic comes from. And this love is a, is, is a love that's not actually used in the New Testament, but throughout the Old Testament. And it speaks more like that sexual love. In fact, it's mostly used within Greek mythology when it speaks about the wild parties, or for lack of a better word, orgies that these people would have, where they would come and drink they were inebriated beyond their senses. They would eat and glutton out on, on fine foods and delicacies and then together join in one big pool of depravity, yeah. which is strangely celebrated these days. Yeah. You, see, you see, like even this is those picture things that were so inappropriate today is like, oh yeah, don't you? Or you, cr like this is the very thing. So this is the eros love, the, the sexual love. Then there's, Phile, phileia, I never say this around, phileo, phil, phil, let's call it phil. <laughs> phil is this where it speaks of, of, of brotherly love. It's a love one to another. It's this, it's this relationship love. And then we get to what's called the most famous one, and many of us would have heard, agape love. Now, agape love is a beautiful love. In fact, this is the love of God. Even in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So whoever loves knows God and is born of God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through him. I, I wanted to say this because this agape love is a love that can only come from God. 
it says that those who love, they love because they know God and are born of God. Those who don't are not born of God. It's, I'm t saying this because this kind of love is a godly love that can't be expressed by people who are not Christians. This is a, a godly love. It's the love of God for men and the love of men for God when they're in Christ. It's an unconditional love that transcends, persists, regardless of circumstance. This word, agape love, is, was basically formed because of the God that we serve. It's the love that we, we can read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4, where it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Well, I want to read it again in the Passion Translation because I, I just love the way that translation reads these things. It says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failures as defeat for it never gives up. This is the love of God. This love is so ferocious. It's so deep. It's only found in God. And we can receive that love from God. But when we're in Christ, we also have the capability to express that love to the world, to one another. But this is the depth. When we say that God loves you, this is the love, the self selfless love that God sent His Son, Jesus. This love was so ferocious, it was worth giving up His Son to redeem humanity. Wow. This love was so ferocious, in fact, because God gave Himself. You know, I love this picture that Jesus is the Son of God, whom God gave as a sacrifice for our sins, yet Jesus is God. And so that tells me that God didn't just sacrifice His Son. He came and gave Himself so that we could experience salvation. This is the depth of God's great agape love this morning. Number two is this, the object of His love. So there's this great love that tells us in the book of Romans that uh, but God demonstrates His own love. So God's own love was so ferocious, it was demonstrated that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The object of this great love, the object of this self-love, the object of where He poured all this love into was sinners. It's you and it's me. And it's the world around us. In fact, the Bible tells us in John 3.16, for God so agape, God so loved the world. When it speaks of the world there, it's clearly not talking about the ocean and the trees. It's talking about humanity. In fact, the world is the total mass, the totality of humankind, past, present, and future, that is alienated and separate from God. Therefore, God's enemies and a hindrance to the cause of Christ and His cross. The world sinners are people that separate from God. They're not in God. 
That's who God's love was for. That was where his ferocious love was poured out for sinful people, separate from God. And the truth is, whether we like it or not, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. Because sin came into the world and sin came into the world, therefore affected all of us and there was only one way out of sin and that's through Jesus. So we, while not a part of Christ, are sinful, evil, depraved, alienated enemies of God. But God's great love, this love that is truly unfathomable, this love that is so difficult to understand, the object of His affection was you and me. The object of His affection was the prostitute. The object of His affection was your least favorite politician. The object is the young boy across the road. It's the young lady over at the beach. The object of his affection was the people that have done you wrong. The object of his affection is sinful humanity. That's where God's love was focused on. Because that's what broke his heart. A sinful, broken humanity that he that he created to be in right relationship with him. But because of sin, they were separate from him. And he was so compelled by this great love. And we, you and I, were the object of this love. If you've never felt loved, if you've been betrayed by people on earth, by your parents, by a loved one, by a spouse, that's not this kind of love. This is the agape love of God. You are loved. It's God's great love. And you are the object of His affection this morning. Number three is this, the answer of his love. God showed us his own love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The answer of his love, the answer of this deep love for you and I, the reason, that sorry, the answer to save us out of that place of brokenness, shame and sin, was Jesus. Now, obviously, based on the fact that you, most of you are Christians and coming to church, you know that Jesus was the answer for sin. But sometimes we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is still the answer. When we go through trials, when we go through the things that don't make sense, when we go through the unexpected pain, the unexpected hindrances, the unexpected road bumps, we have to remind ourselves that Jesus is still the answer. We have to remind ourselves that in the midst of a pandemic that has gone wild, Jesus is still the answer. We have to remind ourselves that in in amongst government and politicians who are lying, doing all these things, Jesus is still the answer. He's still the hope for humanity. He's still the peace for the anxious. He's still the healer of sickness and disease. He's still the answer. For God so loved agape, the world, the totality of fallen humanity that he sent his son, Jesus. He's the answer for our sinful state. He's the answer for a sinful world. He is the love that God poured out so that we might be able to receive eternal life and life more abundantly. This is love manifest, Jesus. God demonstrated his own love. It's God's love. He is love. 
He demonstrated this love to the object of this great love's affection, you and I, by giving us Jesus. That whosoever would believe in Jesus would not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, His, his love was the answer for our destruction. When you keep reading on in the book of John, it says those who don't believe are condemned already because they have not believed. Jesus is the answer for destruction. We don't serve an angry God in heaven who sent Jesus to send people to hell. We serve the ultimate loving God of the universe who saw that humanity was broken and destined for hell and destruction. And instead of trying to send them there, He sent Jesus to give them a way right out. This is the love of God. Which leads us to the last thought this morning in this. It's this, is the limits of His love, which sounds counterproductive to the rest of the message. That we have God's great love that's unconditional, it's not self-seeking. We've learned that the love of God is not limited to Christians, but it's for everyone who believes. Sorry, for everybody in the world. The love of God is not, is, is not discriminate. It doesn't look whom it wants to be poured out for. The love of God is for everybody. The answer for that love is the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross of Calvary and rose again on the third day, defeating sin, death, and the grave. He was the answer. But the limits to His love Is that these is that we must be in Christ not to be loved by God but to live in the gift of what he gave because of his love we read in the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 38 for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is picture Paul saying that the love of God is for everybody. There's, there's neither height nor depth nor any created thing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The problem line here is in Christ Jesus. Because if you are not in Christ Jesus, it doesn't change how God feels about you, but there will come a point where you'll be separated, the sheep from the goats. There'll come a point where you'll end up in destruction if you are not in Christ Jesus. The, you know, we, we love the passage in the book of Romans chapter 8, verses 1, that says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But again, there lies the line, in Christ Jesus. Those who are not in Christ Jesus are condemned already. The limit of His love is that He loves you so much that He will not force your hand. The limits of His love is that He's given everything. He's given Himself because of His great love for you and I, for humanity. He gave Himself, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He said, here is my gift. The love of God is for everybody. But salvation is limited to those who believe. 
You can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. He's not going to force your head into the bucket. The limits of His love is that He won't force you to receive the gift that He's given you. I could give you a million dollars as a free gift from me to you, but if you reject my gift for whatever reason, because of skepticism, because if you heard what somebody else said, because you don't understand where it fully came, you can reject the million dollars all you want. And when you reject it, you never get to receive the benefits of having it. Doesn't change the free gift I gave you out of a place of love. Your limit is that you've rejected it. And the Bible tells us that there is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. God's great love, the love of God, was poured out because of His affection for you and for me. The answer for a broken humanity was Jesus. And the limits of His love is if you do not receive Him, if they do not receive Him, their end is destruction. But God loves everyone. His love is for the world. He looks at everything that's going on. He looks at the young rapper who I just told you about at the beginning of this sermon, and he says, my love is for that man. That's some of the most offensive things you can say. His love is for the most depraved person you can think of. It's available. That's the scandal of His grace is that you can sit there and do as much good works as you want, but if you never surrender your life to Jesus and the criminal does, He'll take the criminal to eternal life forever because it's not about what you do. It's about receiving what He's giving you. That's what's crazy about His love is every other religion in the world makes you work, work, work to achieve. And He says, I'm coming down to you and I'm not making you work for anything. I'm giving you everything. All you have to do is receive it. Yet so many are blinded to this truth because they're fallen subject to the opinions of the world, the culture of the world around them. And they're willing to risk everything and reject Him to fit in over here. He's real, whether people believe it or not. The limits of His love this morning is that He won't force His hand on anyone. But it's the gift of God in Jesus Christ that is the answer to this world. God's great love found in the person of Jesus. And the object of His love is you, and it's me. If you ever don't feel loved, remember, go back to your room and think about today that God loves you, not with the love that you see on TV, not with the love that's thrown around left, right, and center. It's the love of God. It's the perfect love that drives out fear. It's the love that covers a multitude of sins. It's a love that was worth hanging on a cross shamed in front of the world. And the Bible tells us it was for the joy that was set before Him that He endured the cross. That joy that was set before Him was His ability to see into this very moment, to see you sitting here, to see people out there, to see this culture. His joy was that He would give His life upon a cross so that we could receive eternal life and reconciliation with God. 
to remembering the greatest moment in history, the moment that God and man were united again. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.